Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Daily Word. Glad you have joined me. And we're going to jump into 1 Chronicles chapter 6 for our Daily Word today. And in verses 14 and 15, we're going to read about some folks that we're going to make some connections across uh, the scriptures here and, uh, and look ultimately to the fulfillment of God's promise of restoration in Jesus. So in those two verses, we read that Azariah was the father of Sariah. Sariah was the father of Jehozadak, who went into exile when the Lord sent the people of Judah and Jerusalem into captivity under Nebuchadnezzar. So we talked about this, that uh, what was known as the Babylonian exile, the, the kingdom of Judah, the, the people of God that are left after the fall of the northern kingdom, uh, Israel, to uh, Assyria, uh, to, to the Assyrians, and, uh, and, and they're taken off, the people of Judah are taken off to exile in Babylon, and the Lord uh, speaks to them in a number of ways. We talked about how in Isaiah and Jeremiah, uh, the Lord gave this word that after 70 years, the people are going to be allowed to return, and uh, even names uh, the, the ruler, the Persian ruler, who will uh, allow them to return, that, that Cyrus will allow them to return and will facilitate that. Well, uh, things get difficult, as you can imagine, going back to a destroyed city, a destroyed land, and seeking to restore not only the wall, but also the temple, and to restore, to be restored as the people of God, so a, a spiritual restoration. And so we find the Lord encouraging the people. And, and uh, Ezra, as we've talked about, wrote uh, Chronicles and, of course, also wrote uh, the book of, of Ezra and uh, Nehemiah. Uh, and and we're, we're going to make a, a couple of connections here. Uh, one of those is in the book of Ezra, uh, chapter 4, right at the end, and then moving into chapter 5, we read this. So the work on the temple of God in Jerusalem had stopped, and it remained at a standstill until the second year of the reign of King Darius of Persia. At that time, the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, son of Ido, prophesied to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem. They prophesied in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. Zerubbabel, son of Sheathiel, and Jeshua, son of Jehozadak. So mentioning there, it says, responded by starting again to rebuild the temple of God in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them and helped them. So let's then jump over to the book of the prophet Zechariah, and let's make that connection. First of all, right at the beginning, we read, that uh, in November of the second year of King Darius's reign, the Lord gave this message to the prophet Zechariah, right? And so he gave this message, and, and I, I want to come back again to uh, Jehozadak. He's mentioned here as the father of Jeshua. So this is in Zechariah, the book of the prophet, given at this time that is mentioned by Ezra and now recorded in the book of Zechariah, we're making this, this connection too. Chapter 6, beginning at verse 11. Accept their gifts and make a crown from the silver and gold. 
and put the crown on the head of Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Tell him, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. Here is the man called the branch. He will, be, he will branch out from where he is and build the temple of the Lord. Yes, he will build the temple of the Lord. Then he will receive royal honor and will rule as king from his throne. He will also serve as priest from his throne. And there will be perfect harmony between his two roles. Now, uh, this, as far as we know, this, nothing like this ever actually happened where there was a high priest slash king who was ruling over Israel. It seems that this is another of those examples that we see in the Old Testament as we're reading through of what we, what we could call a prefigurement of Jesus Christ. There are promises here to encourage the people and, and encourage them in this time of restoration. They're trying to rebuild the temple. There's resistance. There are fits and starts and so forth. And God is encouraging them in, in that moment. But what God's also doing through Zechariah is pointing to a, a larger work that God is going to do in Jesus Christ. Interestingly enough, Jeshua is actually a form of the name Joshua, which literally means the Lord saves. And as a matter of fact, uh, not coincidentally, Jesus, that is the, the Greek version of Joshua. And so his name, Jesus, means the Lord saves. And he is our new and greater Joshua. And here's the thing about Jesus. He is priest, prophet, and king. It says here that between his role as priest and as king, there, there is perfect harmony between these two roles. And as a matter of fact, there is perfect harmony in Jesus and his roles as our Redeemer. He is our great high priest. As a matter of fact, he is our priest and our sacrifice. He has made a way for us to return to God. He has made sacrifice atoning for our sin. He is the prophet of God. He has, has spoken, and in fact, he is himself the Word of God, the Son of God made flesh. And he is our king. He is the king of kings. He is enthroned at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And, and he rules, he reigns over all, and he will, he will come again and will bring the fullness of the kingdom of God, of the reign of God, making all things new as He comes again. And so what we're seeing here is not just a promise for the people in that day, but there is a larger promise that is pointing forward to Jesus. I'd encourage you just to flip through the book of Zechariah and, and look in, in chapter 6 there, and, and then uh, just kind of scroll through there and, and look, for instance, in chapter 9 and verse 9. Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. And that probably sounds very familiar to you because this is uh, the, the Palm Sunday procession of Jesus as he, he comes in triumphantly as king, riding on a donkey, comes into Jerusalem. And not only that, we have... 
Uh, also on, in chapter uh, 12 at verse 10, I will pour out, my, uh, pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the family of David, on the people of Jerusalem. This pointing forward both to Pentecost and to the crucifixion of Jesus. They will look on me whom they have pierced and mourn him as for an only son. They will grieve bitterly for him as a firstborn son who has died. Chapter 13, verse 1, On that day a fountain will be opened for the dynasty of David and for the people of Jerusalem, a fountain to cleanse them from all their sins and impurity. This is the sacrifice of Jesus for us. We, we are washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and I lift all of this up to you, I hope, to impress upon you the goodness of our God, the, the eternal nature of the plan, God's plan of salvation, of, of how He has foretold of His salvation, and He has been faithful to fulfill His promises in Jesus Christ. And we go further than that. The God who has been faithful, He will follow His plan of salvation through to the end. Christ will come again in final victory, and we will feast at His heavenly banquet. We will, we will be participants as we are the faithful of Jesus Christ. We belong to Him. We'll be participa participants in the new heaven and new earth. We, we will experience all that the Scriptures have promised to us, all the Lord has promised us there in His Word. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. And until we get a chance to speak again, friends, I pray that God would bless you and that He would keep you.